Forgotten Flicks, Episode 71, Interview with Special Effects Artist Hank Carlson. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, where every week, I really got nothing. I, I, I actually, I completely fell flat. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Or so. I, I, I was going to say, where, where every week. <laughs> uh, heartburn and nausea. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Without fail. <laughs> yes, I am Joel, joined as always by the lovely, lovely Jason. Aww. Oh. <laughs> he's so. Flatter me. He's so lovely. <laughs> yes, we are. This is going to be a quick little intro. We actually recorded this uh, particular show several weeks back. It was with special effects artist Hank Carlson. Uh, a quick backstory: I received an email from a new listener to our show who, as he pointed out, against his better judgment, seemed to like the show. Became a fan of the show, yeah. And to yeah. which I responded, yes, I actually do question whether your judgment <laughs> is better. So this gentleman, his name was Josh, Josh Hadley. He said he had a a friend, an associate named uh, Hank Carlson, who had worked as special effects artist and still did um, on the independent scene. But that, you know, Hank had worked with uh, K&B. If you're not familiar with K&B, they were Kurtzman, Nicotero, and Berger. They're a huge effects house. Currently, uh, Greg Nicotero does. Jason, they, Jason, what does he do? Walking Dead. He does The Walking Dead. Um, but, and- but you forgot that the the reason that he, that the name, uh, or that his friend jumped out for oh, him. Yes. To- talk to us is that he listened to our mind warp episode yeah way so, back it was like episode three wasn't it the bruce campbell double feature no 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 it was um, oh no you're right that that, was later. no that's right you're right it was a little later than that because bruce campbell double feature was bubba hotep and army of darkness army of darkness yeah right. so it was and a little is, later yeah and and this is special because this is actually the closest we've come to talking to somebody uh from army of darkness if you don't count standing 40 feet away from bruce campbell's table at, this is true this, well, this is true. Which I guess that was technically closer. Well, and, uh, but... No, even closer than that. We shook Ted Raimi's hand. Oh, uh, that's right. And we're he's... a little creeped out by him. He's kind of hammy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was in Army of Darkness. as a, as a, Actually, he played a knight, and there was a couple other like, bit parts I think uh, they had him. He was their but, shimp, yes. But our, but this this is uh, uh, some of the coolest backstories and understories and side stories and even some pretty cool alley stories. Yes. <laughs> Um, especially around Greg Nicotero, which you'll yeah. have to listen. But there, they, um, I would say, would you say it's a love hate relationship? Maybe uh, I don't think there's any hate in there. I think it's just nah, funny yeah. stories. Yes, but yes. Uh, I mean, there probably um, was a love hate at the time. I guess that's the best. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, there was definitely a conspiracy um, afoot. I'm convinced of that. <laughs> but but I will say, uh, Hank was a, a fantastic guy. He was very accommodating. We talked to him actually for a lot longer than we have on the recording here. Um, but he's really cool. Love to have him back on sometime, but, uh, it's an awesome interview and, um, uh, I think everybody's going to like it, especially some of our, our, uh, special effects fans. Which yes. Yes. And just so, a real quick, he also worked on, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the T, uh, the, not the mm-hmm. TV show, the movie. Uh, he worked on the early Fangoria films, the Mind Warp, as you mentioned, also Severed yep. Ties and Children of the Night, which is where he in fact met, uh, Howard Berger and then got in with K&B. Uh, yep. and, and he worked on several other pretty big uh, productions, so uh, including a uh, doppelganger. Yep, doppelganger with uh, Drew Barrymore. Which unfortunately, we did not get those stories because my guess is they would have been very 
entertaining because this is when she and I'm in. I this is an audio podcast, but just so everyone gets the visual, I'm using quote fingers now. This is when she was sober. So yeah, that uh, wow had come off of I guess all of her issues that she had had. Well, this is the very beginning of her comeback. Yes, you know, well, yes, I suppose out, that's which, a yes. Um, so. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic interview. And uh, one quick reminder uh, before we get into that, just um, a reminder for everybody, as we said last week, this is actually our last weekly episode uh, for the summer. Yeah. Uh, as we gave you all those reasons before. I don't have to go into it again. But yes. we're taking next week off. We'll, we, we will be back in two weeks. So stick with us through the summer, and we'll, uh, we'll see as the summer wraps up. Yes, and, and, and of course, the next episode, Buckaroo Banzai. Absolutely. And and assuming he doesn't, uh, you know, completely uh, punk out on us like he's wont to do, <laughs> Kevin Batchelder will be joining us for that one. So Absolutely. Superstar gonna... of the Kurt Russell movies, for sure. What What's that, Kevin Batchelder? Oh, my gosh. He's a, he's a huge fan of those. So Yeah, well, it's not uh, Buckaroo Bonsai. It's not a Kurt Russell movie. It's not? No, it's Peter Weller. Adventures of Buckaroo. If you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> nice playoff, Jay. Damn it, Alderon! Alderon! <laughs> okay, and Jason and I have the pleasure of talking to Hank Carlson, special effects master extraordinaire. How you doing, Hank? How are you doing? Good, good. We're great, man. Um, of course, Hank uh, has worked on a ton of movies. Um, uh, some of my favorites from my childhood. It's no uh, secret to those of you who listened to the show for a while. I was a big horror nut, especially when I was a kid and uh, um, big into Fangoria. So I loved all the Fango films. And uh, Hank, I believe you actually worked on all of them in, in some uh, capacity. Well, the, the first three. The, the yeah, first three. I always think of those. Yeah, but... yeah. Yeah, the the first the three those the only are the, three that count. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> that's where I was going with it. Yes, the only three that count. And um, he's worked on other movies like Army of Darkness and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He worked with K and B Effects Group, which is why he was uh, one of the reasons why he worked on those Fango films. Uh, Doppelganger, which starred Drew Barrymore, Super Mario Brothers. Um, he worked on People Under the Stairs, which is a personal favorite of mine. And uh, he currently has uh, Autumn Night Studios, which is in Wisconsin. Which is, uh, if you don't mind, I can always cut things out. So if you don't mind me saying where you, where you are and where you where you, where no, you hail it's, from, it's in lovely Green Bay, Wisconsin. Awesome, awesome. And uh, he has uh, written and directed a short film, which I, uh, by the way, will touch upon. I, I caught that on YouTube, and um, I think that's pretty much it. So let's just uh, get right into, you know, talk a little oh, movies you, with Hank. You forgot sure, the, you let's forgot get in the, the dirt. You forgot the biggest one. <laughs> what? He also did Mind Warp. I said, well, I said the Fango, well, the three Fango films. That was one of them. I know, but you didn't mention it by name. Okay. Episode 13, one of our favorites to talk about. Uh, okay. And I'd like to point out in that episode, although we kind of talked that, you know, Bruce Campbell wasn't the main character, even though he's top billing, the thing that we both agreed on that was fantastic about this movie. Yep. The special effects. Yes, we did. So... Before we knew you, Hank, and would be kissing your ass because you're on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, well, thank you. Yeah. See? So it was actually sincere. <laughs> it wasn't that like Hollywood schmoozy. Oh, hey, no, it was great, baby. It was I great. I love your well, stuff. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. What's funny is that I don't, I mean, you know, look back at a lot of those movies and I don't, it's not a, I mean, you know, I, I'm glad that they're, you know, called classics because they sure weren't when we were making them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. 
What was it? What, what was that experience uh, like? What, what was that experience on, like for you? On my work. Oh yeah, on your work, was, like like you said, like that perspective of you know not feeling like they were necessarily. And I guess nobody at the time they're making something would even remotely think a movie would be a cult classic or or even necessarily watched twenty years later. But what, what was that? You know, just the feeling like as you were working on these films, like where were you in your career? Um, you know, I know you were with K and B at that point, correct? Well, yeah. Well, that was my first. Um, actually, I'll go back a couple of years before that. Okay. Um, I was in high school, and I wanted to be do special effects for a living, um, which I still would like to be. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they, but they, uh, you go to the guidance counselors, and they try to help you with your career, you know. And they, I walk in small town I'm from, and sit down and say, hey, I want to do special effects. And they go, uh, what? <laughs> you know, they have no clue what this is. And they're like, don't you want to be a plumber? Don't you want to own a resort? No, I don't want that. I want to, you know, make monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, well, we can't help you. So I really didn't know what to do at the time. And I grew up with reading Famous Monsters Filmland and when Fangoria came out and things, you know, basically the same story every special effects person has. Uh-huh. And I, I just didn't know where to turn. Well, all of a sudden, out of the blue, there was they opened up a movie studio in the backwoods of Eagle River, Wisconsin, which is the very northern half of Wisconsin, if you look at it. Um, they didn't, I mean, this, all of a sudden they're opening this movie studio. And I'm, I couldn't believe it. So I found out where it was, and I kept going out to the to the studio, and it was private property, and I got thrown off the property. <laughs> I got shot at. I got cops called at me. Good lord! I, that's I mean, commitment. Everything, but I I was persistent, and I mean that's I think what what it really takes is you have to be persistent. And I just kept coming back, just like cockroaches in a New York house. And I just kept coming and coming and coming until one day they finally gave in. I I, I weakened them. So they invited me to come. They had the actual Hellraiser premiere was in Eagle River. Oh, cool. Because the owners of the studio, which was called Windsor Lake Studios, were the producers of Hellraiser 1 and 2 and Heathers. Oh. So that's where they got their money. And they're from England, and they decided they were looking all over to open up a movie studio. And they picked, lo and behold, my almost my backyard in northern Wisconsin. Very cool. So... Yeah, so they the first movie I, I worked at the local movie theater and they had the Hellraiser premiere and I was like opening champagne and stuff for people while well, they had already pre set it up. So I got to at the end when everybody left, I got to go with them and I was a guest at the party and stuff that they had and I met the director of the first movie and he wanted me to design this monster uh, for this really low budget movie they're doing um, and you know some of the sets and all this so. I started working with them. Well, the thing was, is I had to work all the time on this. Well, I went, the problem is I'm still in school. Yeah. What do you do? So I was actually to the point where I was actually going to drop out of school, high school because I, this was my big break. I was like, I'm not going to sit in school when I can be doing this. Mm-hmm. So the state of Wisconsin actually gave me a leave of absence. Thank you to my mom and dad for pestering, you know, whoever they did to get me this. Wow. So I actually got to tutor on a movie set work never went to senior year i never stepped foot really in high school i just showed up and took tests and or they sent me stuff and i had to send it back in and worked on you know movie and that was the start so we worked on um i worked on three movies um 
the first was it was called uh, Trapped, which I think I can't remember the name of. It's called uh, Trapped Alive, I think, if you can actually find it. Okay. And um, I so I worked on that movie, and uh, that then led into the next movie, which was called The Inheritor, and then that led into the third movie that they did, um, which was uh, Demon Possessed. So. All the three of these movies. The first movie I was assistant on with the guy they brought in to do the makeup, which was uh, he was out of um, Chicago, and helped him out as an assistant. Second movie, his main assistant took over and did the effects, so I was his assistant. And then the third movie, the guy the guy from Chicago came back in. Well, the the lady they had hired to do the straight makeup got had to leave suddenly, so he let me take on the effects huh. on that third movie. He had he stepped in, did the straight makeup, and then he just said, here you go, take off. You know, you got it. You can, you know, I know you can do this. Very cool. So um, his name was Jeff Siegel, and he was, I mean, I, I really am, you know, proud that he did that, you know, and allowed me to, you know, to actually, you know, take the reins from him and, and do all the special effects. So all three of those movies, I don't even know if you can find them in, in the United States. They're like, you know buried somewhere in Egypt or something yeah. in a tomb because they're, <laughs> under the pharaoh. they're not that good. <laughs> under, under, the, under the Sphinx, yeah. We've got connections. Yeah, I'm surprised they surprised haven't like, shown up on Saturday on, on Sci-Fi Channel because, <laughs> I mean, they're bad. So... <laughs> Those are some of Jason's favorite movies, so we'll... Uh... Hey, and, no, they're and mine, be careful. Too. Careful, because we yep. have we have some sci-fi connections. We might actually be able to dig those up. So <laughs> that, that'd be well. You know that I I one of my things is I mean it, I'm wanting to work towards is I've got some ideas to do some movies that I'd love to write up the sci-fi people's alley. So I'm trying to get those going right now um, as we speak. So cool. we'll see. Cool. Now, but, um, so after those three movies were done, um, I there was like a break. I didn't have any. There wasn't anything to do. Um, they did another movie called, um, uh, what was it? Meet the Apple Gates. Oh, actually, I remember that one. To, I remember okay, that one. Okay, so yeah. yeah. And it was supposed to be made in that in the studio in the river, but because uh, Kevin Yeager was actually doing the special effects for that. Oh, very cool, yes. Well, the bugs weren't working. It was yeah. about these giant insects that take human form. Yeah, and it was like it was supposed it was, to be like the all-American family is what they looked like, right? Yeah. Was it, was it uh, Ed Begley Jr.? Wasn't, wasn't he the yep, star of that? He was, yep, yep. yep. And Dabney Coleman. Yeah. And uh, he was, so they they were supposed to make this in that, the studio, but it ended up because the bugs were so malfunctioning that it got delayed so badly that they had to film it in um, Appleton, Wisconsin. No, no, nothing to do with the name. It's just yeah, that's where they shot it. It's like a warehouse. So <laughs> I got to, I didn't get to help with do like, you know, as being an assistant or anything with the special effects, I had to come and help Kevin Yeager for a day, which was my big thing because I was like, this is, this is the guy that made Chucky and yeah. Freddy, you know, I was yeah. all excited. So from that, uh, then there was this lull and nothing was happening. So my parents were on me to do something. So I enrolled and got accepted into um, Northwestern um, College in Chicago. Okay. And just the day I was supposed to leave, I found out that the studio was going to do, they got a three-picture deal with Fangoria Magazine, and they were going to bring in a big, bigger special effects crew. And so I pissed off my parents. I didn't go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go to college. I pissed off a lot of people and stayed behind. 
And when the movie started, I what happens is like at Windsor Lake, I would help out with every department until the special effects guys came got to the studio. So that helped me out a lot too for my later days because I knew how to, you know, book airfares and you know cool. do every you know every aspect help out with you know wardrobe, help out with set design, construction, yeah. everything. So that really you know did help me. But Candy came in and. The deal was, is I was working for Windsor Lake as uh, one of their assistants. I was like their local assistant. So they came in, and um, it was Howard Berger and, and uh, Mark Matry, and they came in to do the movie. And, you know, they didn't think anybody in this small town could even do anything. So they didn't really, at first, do too much. I mean, they, you know, let me go and get them coffee. <laughs> I mean, you know, they didn't, they didn't trust me with too many things. And then one day uh, when they were on set, doing, everybody was gone, and uh, um, one of the people from the movie came, I think it was the assistant director came on, and he was like, put this guy in makeup immediately. And it was like one of the main monsters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I, I can't. And he's like, what do you mean you can't? You're a makeup artist. Put him in makeup. And he laughed. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, well, I don't know if I can swear on oh, that. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're good with the explicit tag. Go for it. Okay. So he, uh, I was like, I'm going to get in trouble. This is it, but I'm going to do it. So I put the guy in makeup, and I put him, you know, and I walked him out on set, and Howard Berger looks, and he's like, who, who just put that guy, who did this? You know, we weren't here, to, you know, and I said, well, you know, I did, thinking that was it. And <laughs> Please don't Howard hit me. <laughs> You know, he looks over the makeup and everything, and he just stands there, and I'm like, this is it. And he looks, he, he kind of, you know, he just lets the guy go and, you know, do the scene. And he, you know, he didn't really talk to me about it. And then he said that later, you know, when I thought I was going to get fired, he's like, you did a really good job. He goes, I'm, I, how did you know? You know, we didn't expect that, you know, somebody from this town could do something like that. Yeah. So they started letting me do more and more in that movie. And then by the end of the movie... Everybody knew it but me. They surprisingly said, hired me and said, would you like to come out to Los Angeles and work for KMB Effects Group? Well, let and me think I, about it. Yeah, <laughs> I was just, I mean, yeah, I was so excited. And I went to, um, and, the, and the thing was, is I, Howard Berger let me live with him and his wife. Oh, wow. So when I went out there, so when I moved out there, I lived with Howard and his, his wife. I think they're divorced now. I'm not sure, but it's uh, with Sandy at the time. And so I lived with them. And I mean, so that was just incredible experience because I mean, you know, here I am with, you know, one of the biggest guys. Well, not, you know, especially now yeah. that, do, that does make it. It's like living with, you know, Rick Baker. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, he would buy, you know, and he would, he started showing me because I, I didn't really, I mean, I was, I was young. I was, I was, I think like 19 or 20. Wow. So they were giving, you know, Howard showed me how to, you know, set up a bank account and balance my checkbook <laughs> and laundry and, you know, all this dad type things. I mean, you know, I was like the wayward son of his. <laughs> so, and then besides that, he taught me how to do a lot of, you know, makeup stuff. So that was very, very cool. So that's how, that's kind of my background in a real quick nutshell, but that's how it started with Mind War. Well, and, and, and I do, and I would definitely come back and uh, I'm going to have to ask the obvious uh, BC question, but before we get there, um, so 
your your pre getting actually working on movies, uh, you know, pretty safe to assume that your training was all you know DIY in the basement, you know, <laughs> kind of stuff. I, I assume. Yes, it was. It was. It was the typical. You know, I well, I my family. We I wasn't. I, w- I didn't come from a wealthy family, and where I come from is a very small town. So we didn't. I didn't have the luxury of like, you know, going and finding liquid latex yeah. and you know all the mm-hmm. you know all the fun chemicals and. So I would use what was around me. My dad was a contractor, so I was making masks literally out of really cheap plaster of Paris, and then making the actual mask out of silicone caulking. Oh, that's actually clever. <laughs> so I would pull this thing out of it, and I mean, out of the mold, and and it would look at it and be like, "Hey, this is really cool," and it would just kind of like go, you know, pull down around my hand. I mean, you couldn't wear it or anything; it'd burn your skin, and you know, it just didn't hold its shape. But that's how I learned. I mean, it, you know, I, and anything around me, I would I learned how to, you know, I didn't have tools, so I would sculpt with broken pencils and popsicle sticks, and texture pads were, you know, whatever I could find in the yard, and I mean, I, that was, you know, I didn't have head casts. So I used like this, you know, styrofoam wig molds that, you know, are too small. So <laughs> yeah, it fit a, fit a small child if you actually did make a mask, but it wouldn't fit, you know, anybody adult. So did you, so, did you yeah, ever like was, make any, mo- did you make any like little home movies with these things or was it pretty? I did. I, I have, I have a couple that, well, I always did things for school that were always bizarre. Yeah. So I do like, you know, we'd have to do a safety video. And so I would do things like, I'd, you know, want, for the safety video, I lit my parents' backyard on fire <laughs> and then had this like monster that was like starting the fire and we had to fight them. And I mean, it was ridiculous things like that. I mean, my parents got really used to, you know, thank God I had wonderful parents that, you know, didn't like put me away in an institute or something. God, I wish I'd gone to high school so, with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, there's, I don't know how many Fangoria magazines I got taken away from me because teachers. Oh, in school? Was, oh, yeah, me too. All yeah. the time. All the time. What like, is this oh, trash? You can't be looking at this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's movies. Oh, what? my grandmother. You know, my actually... grandmother was convinced. I lived with my dad and my grandmother. She was convinced because I had this entire wall. It was a, a collage montage of just cut out the, the goriest graphic. I was a huge effects buff <laughs> and nut, but I unfortunately completely lacked the talent. Uh, so so I, I always like have, you know, secretly envious of effects guys. One of my best friends growing up. Got it. He went to Joe Blasco, uh, the school in uh, Orlando, okay. and, and uh, you know I just I love that stuff. So I had this huge just wall full of just you know just shit from Fangoria, just gory <laughs> stuff. My, I remember my grandmother coming and goes, "He's gonna be a serial killer when he grows up." Oh I was, yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I, I, mean, I gave a you full times warning. I had to go to you know my parents are brought into school and they you know they'd have to have meetings and my mom would just sit there and laugh at them. She's <laughs> like, you know, whatever. So. My goal is if I ever win a award that I that's big that's maybe televised or something, boy, it's going to be the best speech ever because <laughs> there's going to be some people that are going to hear hear their name, but it's not going to be in such a polite way. So, <laughs> and to that guidance counselor, Mister Jones, you kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I think I think I'm driven by revenge more than anything. I think that's what drives me. Yeah, you know, it may be a, a dish best served cold, but yeah, if that's what keeps you going, <laughs> keeps well, you warm at night. The thing was, is when I was in school, I, w- I w- you know, always helped out with the drama clubs and stuff. I wasn't into the sports, so, you know, of course, you know, they labeled me every, you can imagine what they labeled me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and picked on me severely 
And um, when I actually, you know, started doing movies and the more I did, the people that came out of the woodwork that were like, you know, running to my mom in the store and that, and they're like, Oh, me and Hank used to be like this, you know, I'm like, this is the guy that shoved my head in the toilet. Yeah. I'm like, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. He loves me, mom. Yeah. Selective memory. Like, yeah. Yeah. And my mom's always like, well, you can forgive them. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> so, I can forgive him. But, but when yeah. I go to my reunion, I'm going to rub his nose in the fact <laughs> Well, here's a here's a funny story that my mom always growing up, she always like took me, she always gave me the option. She'd say, Do you wanna I mean, this is from when I was little. Do you wanna go see Bambi or do you wanna go see bugs? And I'd be like, Bugs, you know, and so <laughs> I'd always you know, she'd take me to go see all these horror movies all the time. So I mean I, I knew they're fake, but I that's just from an early age, that's what I liked to do, you know, I wanted to see. Yeah. Um, and I thought dinosaurs are real, so I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was a kid because I didn't know about special effects. Yeah. So, um, but she told me, she gave me this rock when I was a kid that looked like a diamond. It was huge. And she's like, it's a diamond, it's a diamond. So I was, you know, growing up, I was like, well, hell, this is a diamond. <laughs> so I watched some stupid TV show on Saturday morning where they're like, diamonds can cut glass. That's how you can know. Well, being the dumb kid that I am, I went outside and I'm like, where's their glass? Where's their glass? My mom just got this brand new Grand Prix. <laughs> There's glass. Maybe in the back window, she won't notice. Let's try it. <laughs> well, it did cut it. Yeah. Scratched the hell out of it, and I got caught. And <laughs> <So. laughs> and you and it was affirmed. It, in fact, was the Hope Diamond. That's right. It's, it's the Blood Diamond. And, that's, yeah. uh, and you bought the studio. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I I just I mean that's where I I just I learned everything. I mean, you had I had to learn, you know. I I had a you know I was always interested in art, but that's where you just I mean, to me, I don't think you need the real expensive stuff. Just constantly be doing stuff, draw, make things. Yeah. I mean, fail miserably, fail. That's where you know not to do it again. Yep, I agree with so, that. Yeah, we actually um, uh, recently, Joel and I went to. Uh, convention here in, in central Florida called for icon. And we, we kind of did a discussion on CGI versus practical effects, but you know, he and I both have been um, pretty vocal about the fact that a lot of the effects that we love, although um, you know, compared to what you see a lot of times today coming out is digital effects and, and, and very um, computerized, it, it mm-hmm. has a sense of reality to it. So the, the person that is good at the painting and the sculpting and the, um, the, the masking and, and, physical effects it's it seems to be kind of a lost art nowadays and mm-hmm. there there isn't anybody who is as good as they used to be you know in some of the movies and even the mid 90s uh there was there was still a bunch put out um but a lot of the ones today seem to be just so focused on that that digital piece that that art piece of it that we love so much which is the physical mm-hmm. effects seems to be kind of dragging out uh not as much there Right. I mean, well, digital effects, I mean, I mean I'm firm. They, digital effects, there's a time and place for them. But to me, I still, I mean, I want to, you can, you can tell the difference. And even with actors on sets, you know, you, they want to see and hold stuff. They don't want, yeah. I don't, you know, somebody holding up a piece of green, you know, a green ball saying, this is a monster. Yeah, that not the same. Yeah. Motivate them. Yeah, it's not so, the same. I mean, there there is a time and place for digital, but you know, if it's used properly, it's a great tool. But 
like in the the late nineties or old mid nineties, that's when it just got so overused and, and you know, the movies that came out, it was just, you know, it kind of killed the whole makeup, you know, practical effects for, you know, a lot of different people. And, you know, I'm glad now that people are starting to say, no, we don't want digital. We want to, you know, we want to see, you know, the actual practical effects back in movies. Oh, yeah. And there was a recent uh, documentary I watched called Sci-Fi Boys. And uh, they had uh, Steve Johnson, you know, the effects guy, Mm -hmm. effects master. He was talking about, I love how he started. He goes, and I'm not saying this to sound bitter. (laughs) but but, Far be it from you to sound bitter. (laughs) I'm not saying it to sound bitter. But no, his point. His point was though uh, that see the problem is the way it was with practical effects. It was like a magic trick. Everyone when they see a see a magic trick, know it's a trick. They know it's not really magic. But so what right. does your brain do? It tries to figure out how did they freaking do that with CGI. They used a computer. Like, <laughs> there's always one answer. They, it may have been, you know, some some complex algorithms used and some really intense processors, but at the end of the day, it's ones and zeros, and that's all it is. And it just well, you're it kills the that. artist. You know, you're 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 retiring the artist, and you know, the mathematicians, the one that's doing all the stuff, who you know, and they they don't have the eye like an artist has. So yeah, they can they can crunch numbers and you know and put you know make things you know, digitally, but they can't actually, you know, I think that's why a lot of times they don't, it doesn't look as real because they just don't have an eye for that. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's something to be said for the, the, the physics involved and the fact that our eye is extremely, the human eye is very sensitive to anything mm-hmm. that doesn't look right. It, it's, we don't, we can't put our finger on it. It's like, it just seems off. There's something so the, which is why, quite frankly, when they do pull out, out a CGI uh, effect that looks amazing, even if it's just for a moment, it is, I think, a really amazing feat just because so often to me it feels kind of like you're watching a really beautifully rendered cartoon character. You know, it, it, right. just, it, does, it lacks the aesthetic of a real three-dimensional object in space. And, and uh, you know, I could go on and on about that. Um, but uh, Well, and I think, too, I think, um, you know, because we talked about this before Joel, the blend of practical and digital also seems to work better as well because I think with something straight up digital, it, it tends to come across like a cartoon character. But one of the yeah. uh, examples we used was uh, Pan's Labyrinth. You know the yes mm-hmm. the, the Pale Man. It's a blend of really good practical, but there's also some digital effects in there as well, yes. and that's what I think fools you into believing that it's so good. Yeah. Right. That's when it, that's when it's used properly, and yep. and with technology the way it's advancing too. With you know the I think I heard read as something about how they showed at a recent convention some critics some of the footage from the new Hobbit movie, and oh, they were yeah. like angry because they they said it looked fake and all that. Well, yeah. they're shooting that at a different. I mean, it's going. It, I mean, digital is going to look digital, and I think that was one of the problems that you know when they showed it. And if you don't do practical right, it's going to scream fake. Yeah, yeah. So the, as technology advances, the people that actually do the you know are doing the work, they better you know they better know what they're doing, or it's it's going to fail. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting uh, conundrum that it, it, I I guess I could say I feel sorry for digital effects. You folks from this perspective, but I don't. Um, and it's not to knock anybody. <laughs> I look, people who do that for a living, obviously, I think, you know, have to be, you know, there, it takes a, a whole different skill set. And obviously, there's an art in the designing of the creatures and, and whatnot. Right. But, but what I find interesting is that when 
a digital effect looks fake. It just, it's just this cold fake thing just kind of irritates you that it's pulling you out of the movie. Whereas oftentimes when a practical effect looks bad and fake, it's almost endearing. Like there's almost this, you know, well, they tried, you know, (laughs) there's that kind of, uh, you know, well, you know, it's that, you know, like, come on guys, let's put on a show. Okay. Maybe every, maybe it is Ed Wood. Maybe it is Bella Lugosi with a really bad octopus flailing around in a, you know, a mud pit. I don't care. It's endearing. You know, but if you did that CGI, you would have been I like, I would rather really? see the, the fake tentacle than the digital. Yeah. 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 Because so, I think at the end of the day, your brain at least processes that processes it as that's real. Right. It may not be a real tentacle, but it's something real. Right. Yeah. And that's where most of the, you know, the, most of the movies I worked on, there hasn't been a lot of digital effects. Yeah. That were used. They actually am not. I can't think of really any that really had really digital. Most everything I've worked on has been practical. So cool. that's, well, that's been that, a wonderful. That brings up a good, uh, a good question that, that I wanted to ask as we, Joel and I were kind of talking about this beforehand for you. Cause we talk a lot about either the blend of, of different kinds of effects or some of the older movies. Cause I'm a big fan of, you know, some of the sixties movies, the old sci-fi that really miniatures mm-hmm. and some of that. Um, so for you, one of the things I wanted to ask is, what are some of the films that really inspired you to want to get into it? Some of the earliest films you remember that you thought about the effects that were on it or thought about some of the things that inspired you to say, wow, that really looks good. Because, you know, you're, you're of our epic when, you know, there, everything wasn't 100% digital when we were mm-hmm. first watching movies. So well, the, what are some the of those big that, ones for you? I mean, like Creature from Black Lagoon is still I. I just can't believe they made that suit back then. Yeah, that's really amazing. It had the, the, I mean, when he opened his mouth, the, the gills were, you know, moving. Moving, and, you yeah. Know, it, could, it, could, it could swim underwater, and, you know, it's a latex suit. Those, I mean, have you ever seen latex that absorbs water, and it's just, I mean, it's like a rock. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that, you know, they, he, you know, this, you know, they could swim underwater in the suit and, and so beautifully and, you know, just the way it looked, that was like the first monster that I was just like in awe over. Yeah. And I think another monster that comes to mind is the Incredible Melting Man. Yeah. The scene where the eyeball pops when he pops out of his head. I mean, that whole movie, <laughs> I was like, how are they making his head melt? This is awesome. <laughs> I was a kid. So, and then, um, you know, of course, there's, you know, Ray Harryhausen, all, every film. Yeah. You know, all the Sinbad, Jason Argonauts. I mean, those were all, oh, yeah. you know, stunning to me i mean that's you know exactly why i you know wanted to get into this field yeah so have so, you ever done any any harryhausen type stuff stop, like stop, motion. stop motion yeah i mean because i was no a... the the closest i came to it was uh was on army of darkness they had the the stop motion puppets with oh yeah. <laughs> i mean yes. we had nothing to do with them and and the funny thing was is the 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 puppets of the deadites yeah were yeah. made out of the the there's these little pirate skeletons that go in fish tanks. Oh, that really? The air blows through and they move. <laughs> yeah, That's what yeah. Every one of those puppets was made out of were those were those things that go in the aquarium. So basically, what you're saying is, if I want to put together my own little miniature dead-eyed army, all I have to do is go to a pet store. <laughs> And yep, and get in, if you can find one. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, eBay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and there's. I mean, that was seeing all those sitting, you know, in the in the miniature sets and that. I was, you know, I didn't. I, we were working so hard. I didn't have time because they were shooting that separately, and 
but I'd go over and just, you know, watch and I'm just stunned by it, you know, and it's a lot of tedious work. I mean, you know, how they have to move every little piece, you know, and it's, it was amazing. Yeah. So that was about the closest I came other than the time, which I'm still kicking myself for. There's two things in this world that I wish I could go back in time and redo. One was the time when we were in Los Angeles and we were at a Fangoria convention or guests and it was, when Vincent dinner with Vincent Price, he had to get tickets. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I still have my ticket. I didn't go because oh. I went, Hey, it's Vincent Price. Oh, I grew up with Vincent Price. Oh. And then Greg Nicero's like, Hey, Hank, you want to go see, you know, want to go to a strip club? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I would go, you know, I'm like, ah, Vincent Price, I'll meet him again. Yeah. And then shortly after that, he, he dies. Think, think about so, think about the difference I, of a young man's response to being in L.A. for the first time <laughs> versus what, what, what once you reach, you know, the more prime of your life. And you're like, stripper Vincent Price. Yeah, that's an easy one. Vincent Price. Oh, hey, hey, wait a second. Oh, now, yeah. Time out. Add to the fact that, OK, strip club with Greg Nicotero <laughs> or right. dinner with Vincent Price. I well, dare say there's nobody in our audience that would choose differently. Uh, I don't, well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. And honestly, I would pretty much, yeah, the Greg Nicotero thing would have been tempting just because, you know, I love his work. But it's Vincent effing Price. Right. Yeah. I'm going. With and I wish I could Greg. go back and redo that because I would say, you know, I can always, you know, I, I you know, how often do you get a free ticket to go, you know, and, I, and we oh, probably yeah. could have hung out a little bit with him because we were, Worked on the Fangoria movies, and it's a Fangoria convention with, you know, and yeah. and Pone there. Yeah. So I'm sure we could have gotten a little closer to uh, him than most. Cool. The other, the <laughs> other experience I wish I could go back in time is that one, or it was one day, um, Howard came up to us in the, we we're, you know, working, and he's like, hey, Hank, you want to go to, um, uh, you want to go with me to meet Ray Harryhausen? And he got, he's bringing a bunch of his models with, and we can sit down and talk with him and, you know, and, and he's, you know, we can touch his models. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and before I could even, my brain could even click and say yes, Greg come, and Greg was always there. Greg comes running out and he's like, hey, let's go see Motley Crue at a bar. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like you were being set up. It's like every time something awesome, it's like Nicotero is like, hey, hey, tell me when you're going to ask him to go to lunch with Steven Spielberg for that potential two picture deal thing. And I'm going to come out and tell him I got strippers, cocaine and Motley Crue. Yep, that would win out. <laughs> In the day, it would have won. That's awesome. So, and, so yeah, it's talking about Spielberg. One time, I was I, I, I was sitting at a stoplight, and I look over, and he's sitting in a jeep next to me in LA. And I was like, I was like, double take. <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> Raiders I of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I just you know, just... gave him a nod, like, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, yeah, but yeah, those are the two things I wish I could take back are those two experiences. But yeah, Greg was always it was interesting because Greg was. I, I love Howard Berger, Bob Kurtzman, and Greg Nicotero. I cannot, I owe them so much, so yeah. much, because each one of them taught me, you know, life skills and art and, you know, how to hold my liquor. I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> what, what not to mix. So, I mean, I owe them a lot, you know, you know, someday I hope I can repay them somehow. I don't know how, but, um, 
And I remember when I left, Howard was so angry at me because I left L.A. because I just couldn't deal with, I was from a small town, and I just couldn't deal with out in L.A. And it was getting slower because the digital thing was taking over and all that. And I remember when I came back to Wisconsin, it was just to get my bearings to think about what I wanted to do. And Howard was just angry. He's like, you're just going to work at McDonald's and flip fries. You know, you're giving up your dream. And I mean, because he did. He gave me my opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see where he was angry, but... You know, that's why everything I do now, I try to do it the best I can. And it's always in the back of my head going, I wonder what these guys would think of this. Yeah. You know, and I got to show them that, you know, I they taught me well. So, yeah. you know, someday the repayment will, will come back. But Greg, we didn't, I didn't get, like, when I first met Greg, I didn't get along with him at all. Like, at all. <laughs> we were just, like, mortal enemies. Like, he hated me. I hated him. <laughs> Couldn't stand each other. And he was brought on to the third um, third uh, Fango movie because I did this Mind Warp um, I did with Howard and um, Children of Night I did with uh, Bob Kurtzman. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Severed Ties, Howard came back, but also Greg was there because Greg was, that was his first big break. He had to direct the second unit. So he was there to do that. And we just did not get along. And it's funny because then, uh, you know, we became really, you know, really good friends. And Greg's a sweetheart. But I still remember those days. I was like, oh, damn, that Nicotero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of my personal dreams is to uh, sneak on up to Atlanta just so I can be a zombie. Because I honestly, that's. That's, you know, now that they do that, and I would love to somehow. You know, if I was in Atlanta, you know, try to get a hold of Greg and see if I could come out to the Walking Dead set just to see what's going on and see if, you know, hey, Greg, can you make me up as a zombie, you know, in the scene? I'm, you know, I'm sure he would, but, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, getting out there and, you know, the right time and everything. So that's on my, the back of my mind. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Because, you know, and I pretty much as a zombie would be willing to do virtually anything. And I'm bald. So I'm like a pallet, you you know, whatever has to happen. (laughs) I'm good with it. I love, I I, I loved, I mean, I'd love if I didn't, you know, that's the thing. If I, you know, I'd love to, you know, be able to go there too and make some zombies. Oh, yeah. That'd be fantastic. I'm just getting sick of zombies though at this point. You're getting sick of them? Zombies. Zombies are taking over. They're just like saturating everything, and everybody thinks they can do a zombie just by they paint. You know, so, look at I've got white face with some black under my eyes. I'm a zombie. Now that that would be you a know, Romero Night of the Living Dead 1968 zombie. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what that so you know, it's like, are you the crow or are you a zombie? I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure, but yeah. okay. Yeah, I just did a least... music video actually that is it just got put on YouTube. It's for a band called Sky. Okay. Road, fly, three words. And the video is, um, I think the song is called Coyote. Okay. And if you go to YouTube, you can watch it. And I'm actually, I play the dead, the dead guy in the video. And, it, and I won't give it away, you can watch it, but there's a zombie in it that, I did that zombie makeup. Oh, I think the whole zombie makeup from start to finish took me about, I'd say 40 minutes. Oh, wow. So when you watch that, I mean, that's that's the type of zombie, um, you know, that I'm like, well, I could, you know, let's let's go to, you know, let's go to the Living Dead set. 
Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is that, you said Sky Road Fly and the song is Coyote? Sky Road Fly, yeah. And, and I do believe the song's called Coyote. Okay. And if we, and this is a, this is a band that's, I guess, starting to become fairly big. Um, okay. One of my friends that went to uh, film school in NYU, um, he directed it. And he, we've been like always trying to get together to do something, and we never can. And then this, you know, this time everything, you know, the, the stars are in the right alignment. We are able to do this. So okay, very cool. Yeah, I'll link it up in the uh, show notes when we put up. Yeah, the check that out because it's pretty cool. Very cool. So, Jason, yeah, are you going to ask something, Jay? Well, you know, I was I was going to comment about the the zombie thing that um, you know we've talked about it before that it it does seem to be kind of a saturation point that it's the you know, the gore of the season. But the one thing that uh, Joel and I've talked about at length, especially with like walking dead is how it has been the thing that's brought back the practical effects element um, mm-hmm. to mainstream because, you know, so much, you know, we talk about, we've got a friend that does a podcast on uh, sci-fi original movies, which, you know, they're primarily CGI and, and uh, graphic stuff, but this kind of proves that you don't have to be, you don't have to do that perfect digital to have a great story and, and, and the effects that work really well. And, you know, I agree zombies are kind of outdone, but when you talk about something like a walking dead, bringing back that, that style, I love that stuff. And the, you know, my favorite scene of all of them is still in the, in the first episode, the, the, the woman they have crawling with no legs, yeah. um, you yep. know, through the park, that face is just fantastic. And that's all practical stuff. So that to me is, is, sort of the pure essence of effects that, that I love that's coming back in, in vogue right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. I'm glad there's shows like that, and I wish there, you know, there's more of them. Yeah. So it seems like they're, you know, there's getting less and less on TV, but it's hopefully, you know, there'll be some sort of resurgence, or we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Cable. Yeah. There's always the Internet. That's right. We're trying. With, We're trying hard. And with, you know, <laughs> the, the way that movies are made now, too, you can... You know, anybody can make a movie. Absolutely. I mean, if you get, you know, with the technology, I mean, it's it's great that, you know, I wish I would have had this technology when I was a kid. Yeah. It's like, I wonder where I'd be, you know, when I was, you know, 18, you know, opposed to when I was. So yep. mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's just amazing that, you know, kids can just pick. I just saw at Toys R Us the other day, there's a Hot Wheels car now that has a camera in the front, a high-def camera <laughs> that films <laughs> the car going through the little loops and everything in the track. Oh, that's and then awesome. you can uplink it and show your friends, or you can mount it, like they show a kid like mounting it on his his uh, bicycle and oh, wow. riding around so you can see it. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. It's like $50. I'm like, you got to be kidding That's me. amazing. Yeah, it's funny. If you have, if you have an iPhone, a uh, little digital audio recorder, recorder and an external mic, just a decent microphone, you, I think I saw a uh, steady cam that they've built for the iPhone now for like 75 bucks. You know, so yeah. some decent, you know, halogen work lights from your Home Depot, uh, you know, a couple of little bells and whistles and a, and a decent little computer with maybe iMovie or if you're, you're on PC, even hell, Windows yeah. you know, Movie Maker, and you can make a movie, period. Yeah, the story. It's, yep. it's, it's right at your fingertips. YouTube now. channel, you know, done. Yep. Yep. And, and some of those, you know, that you see are, are, you know, yeah, a lot of them are bad, but people are getting the experience and, you know, what, as they develop their skills, I mean, as, and as technology grows, I can't imagine what they're going to be doing, you know, when they're older. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it, it's what's cool about it is there's also the potential for people that just say they don't necessarily want to make it a career, 
It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's like filmmaking can actually be, you know, like a hobbyist pursuit. It doesn't have, you know, right. before it was, it was so uh, cost prohibitive and just so, you know, it's still a, a time intensive thing to do, but the, the cost is definitely not nearly the factor that, that it once was. So, you know, I think I actually recently read an article with uh, Francis Ford Coppola uh, where he talked about that in his opinion, moving forward, filmmakers, artists in general, but filmmakers specifically should have a day job for him. He owns a winery. <laughs> so that's his day job. <laughs> but that's what yeah. funds his filmmaking. And so he doesn't give a crap if his movies make money or not. He does them for their own sake. So right. I think there's something kind of brilliant in that. And there is. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, that's where I've been doing a lot of, you know, since I left, uh, you know, Hollywood, everything, a lot of everything that I've done is, been you know lower budget straight to video yeah and you know it's yeah it's not getting on the big screen but it's still you know some of the stuff i'm working on is you know is i think it's been pretty good yeah and that's what matters and it's really it becomes about the process and about Mm -hmm. enjoying the work and and like you said earlier about the you know with with people doing art you know fail like be willing to to mess up or involve with the project that's you know it doesn't matter it's about that you're doing something it's easier for people to be critical of oh that sucks well well, you know what oh yeah what are you doing what are you doing (laughs) like you know it's it's like you know people go oh that movie's bad well you know and i heard somebody ripping on the adventures i'm like i could only dream of working you know Directing a movie that yeah. makes a billion dollars. Yeah, literally. Ugh, out, it's like, oh, can you try to do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's very. You know, instead of, you know, see if anybody will watch it other than your mom. They'll go, oh, you did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's why it's pretty much the people that listen to our podcast. It's our moms that say, "Oh, honey, yeah, you do so you're good. You're so good at that. That's ah, great." <laughs> well, and, and I think that... I, one of the things is, that, I mean, when you can get so real, I've got like recently. Um, there's been a couple instances when on films I've worked on where the cops are called because they actually thought things were real. I've had that oh, happen. Yeah, That's yeah. fun. And I mean, literally, I mean, I was scared out of my mind because you know, co- the one there's one that cops came with their guns drawn. <laughs> I mean, th- because oh, they thought we were like you know dumping a dead hooker. <laughs> I'm well, like, the time no, that I dumped a dead hooker, up. there were no cops, and I tell you, oh wait, you mean like, <laughs> oh, you were talking about a movie? Never mind. I'm like, hypothetical. It's not. It's not real. Otherwise, it'd be rolled up in a, in yeah. a you know, an old rug. Yeah, it would have been totally uh, way more secretive. It with three cameras around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just weird. It was on a, a movie that's coming out. It's called I Heart You. Um, it's oh, got yeah. uh, Rain Brown and, and Billy Gabarina in it, and they. There's a, there was twice this happened on that movie. There's we're this there was two dead hooker scenes and both times cops came and the first time they weren't so pleasant and they had their guns and we had to take you know they had to take statements and then take the actress and are they hurting you, ma'am? You know, doing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then the second time they came and they were they thought it was real at first, but then they thought they knew it was fake, so then they like were our security. They were like, cool. They were like, oh, we'll protect you guys because you're not in that bad, you know, that nice of town, you know, section of the town. And and they posed with, you know, the, the actress in makeup. And they're, you know, that was, That's I mean, cool. that, 
type of stuff that I go, you know, it's, you're not going to see that in a movie or read about it. I go, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And of course, there as was it turns a head out, in you... a car that the cops, somebody saw this head in the backseat of a producer's car that was bringing it to set. And <laughs> it was in a box, and the lid was just open enough that some Snoopy Lou, you know, lady was looking at why she was looking in cars. I have no idea. Like, like, like the end of but, Seven. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, that's, and she thought it was a head in the car. So he came out. He was in. He was in. Uh, you know, shopping, he came out, and the cops had the car all surrounded. <laughs> and he's like, "What? Is, what's going on? And they're like, is this your car? And they made him take, you know, <laughs> unlock the car, stand aside while they got it out and looked at it, looked over. That's awesome. And then he got mad when they found out it was fake. Oh, man. Like, yeah, this looks really good, but it's, you know, ugh, you're wasting our time. And he's like, I ain't call you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Although, to be fair, I will say in the cops' defense, can you imagine if their attitude had been, well, okay, lady, you know, it's it's a head. <laughs> like, if they didn't well, check. Well, you know, in Wisconsin, <laughs> and this one, this one happened in Wisconsin. I heard you was filmed in Albuquerque, so the cops out there are a little different. But this is in Wisconsin. I mean, we know how to use our dead. We make lampshades, we make jackets, oh. we feed, you know, we feed a town. Oh, We're not right. going to waste the head in the back. Oh, that's right. That, you're talking about the hometown of Ed Gee, either home of Ed Gee, right. right? Oh, that's true. What are we saying? <laughs> this is the inspiration for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Wisconsin's know how to repurpose the dead. That's all there is to it. That's what we've learned from today's show, kids. Yeah, we. I mean, we know. I mean, we we don't waste. I mean, we're we like you know everything has its purpose. The sustainability so. with the corpses. That I mean, is that, that we wouldn't waste a head in the back seat. Come, Come on. on, that's head cheese. That's... Oh God! Yeah, wouldn't it be great though if it turned if it turned out that uh, the, the, all the times the cops are called on you, like all these little things, cut to. Greg Nicotero in this dark room, snickering as he hangs the phone up. Yeah, <laughs> hey, a, yeah and he's the guy he's, looking in the back. Hey, there's a head in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, just, he has people everywhere. I'm just going to F with this car guy forever. Yeah. Nicotero! <laughs> Damn you! There's a movie. That's great. This guy becomes convinced. Well, that happened, and then I just did one just recently, too. It's uh, it's called the Cinema Snob Movie. Um, that comes. It's That's, I think, coming out this summer. Cool. It's like late summer. It's the, the cinema snob. He's another. He's got a popular podcast. He reviews movies, and people hate him. So <laughs> it's like a Howard Stern type movie. I didn't know who he was, but I was hired to do this movie. Um, but this, I well, I can't give it away because I'm not. It's a secret that there's even special effects in it. But I did some really gruesome mm. stuff in it. Oh, cool. um, but one of the scenes were on the street, and we did we. Well, two. There's one. The guy. Somebody gets off. And as a joke, they took pictures of the guy from somebody's cell phone that was anonymous. No, the, his girlfriend didn't know the number. Who and then they had their buddy who is, works for, I guess, like the police or something, contact his girlfriend and say, send her the picture. Oh my god! And say, is this we heard? You know, we heard that you were dating. You know, can you identify? And she was like freaked out. <laughs> And was this part so, of the movie, or is this just something that was done for kids? No, this is just something they did as a joke. You know, and this poor girl was like, I guess, just like freaking out. And then he was like, ha no, honey, you know, I'm, I'm uh, okay. Just a kid, just joking. <laughs> Want to see a dead hooker? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and then there was a, I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, that's the type, I mean, when you can do an effect that's so real that, you know, you can fake people, that's. I, that I like. I mean, that's that. Yeah, no kidding. That's, that's awesome. You can do it. That's very cool. So, well, I was gonna. I, I, I would be 
in trouble with a couple of people for sure. And Griffin Glad be a little upset too. If I did not uh, touch on, uh, since you worked on mind warp, obviously that had Bruce Campbell in it. Um, did you actually get to uh, meet Mr. Campbell at any point? Yeah, uh, actually. Yes. Uh, he, Bruce actually was great because in my little town in, of Eagle river, he, you know, he's walking down the street, flipping himself on the pavement, you know, doing his, you know, whole shtick. And, yeah. <laughs> You know, townspeople are going, what the hell is that crazy fella doing? You know, they didn't, <laughs> nobody know. I mean, you know, you could be a big time person and walk down the street. No one cared. Yeah. That's that's, awesome. a, that's the joy of small town in Wisconsin. Yeah. But he's, yeah, he was very nice. Um, I mean, very pleasant, you know, to, to work with. And, you know, every time I have seen him is, I mean, he's remembered who I am, which is shocking. It's not like, you know, I pick up the phone and talk. Yeah. Um, but his wife, actually, he met his wife in Eagle River. Yeah. On my warp, um, right. Wasn't on the set of yeah. my warp. Yeah. Um, Ida was, which I had worked with Ida before on, on some of the other, you know, movies they're buried under the Sphinx. And she, <laughs> you know, they met each other and, you know, that's, they fell in love and that's, you know, from there they, they got married. And then, so that was kind of cool because they, they met in my hometown. Yeah. That's very cool. So, you know, and he, you know, he hung out at all my locations and, you know, did stuff with us. And, you know, there's lots of behind the scenes videos that will never be shown, I'm sure, you know, that we have of, you know, us just, you know, doing crazy things. So, yeah, that's very But cool. yeah, he was, he was a great guy. Very cool. Yeah. The... him to puke those leeches, though. He was getting annoyed at that. I mean, you have take after take. It's like, Bruce, come on, puke him again. Well, you think after, <laughs> after the way he was treated in Evil Dead 2 that pretty much they couldn't do anything that would. <laughs> No, so on, on Mind Warp, what was funny is I got to design the, um, I got to design his costume. I worked, Ida was, I was helping out with wardrobe before the special effects, you know, before Kelly Candy came. Yeah. So we were making all the stuff out of just junk. I mean, you can see there's a Packer helmet on one of the crawlers. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and what's funny, or, well, it's not funny, it's sad, is that the lighting is so poor in that. Those costumes were outstanding. I mean, if you could get close-ups of the costumes of all the junk, because they made stuff just out of whatever they could find in the landfills. So yeah. the, the costumes are really stunning. I mean, the, the amount of work we put into those, that you see them on screen, and it, you really can't tell what's going on. Yeah. But I got to design his, his, um, his glasses made out of their, their torn out of, I think it was a Buick Skyhawk or Skylark. <laughs> the best. And we made, you know, I made the goggles out of those and his head wrap and that. And so that was pretty cool. I mean, that the fact that I, you know, I was able to do that on that movie. That's very cool. Uh, I mean, I'm not credited as make or, you know, wardrobe or anything, but I did get to help out with that. That's very cool. Now with Army of Darkness, what, what was your role in that specifically? Army of Darkness was the longest movie I've ever worked on. That was like, <laughs> it, it went on forever. <laughs> Um, I was, I was in, back in, in Wisconsin, I knew it was going to happen when I got the call, Howard's like, you know, you gotta come out here get your own, you know, I'll get you a part, you know, find an apartment for you. But, you know, at this point you can't stay with me and my wife anymore. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. No, it, but... It's it's getting creepy, Hank. <laughs> when, yeah. when, when I wake up and you're standing <laughs> over me. <laughs> so he, uh. 
so he, he, you know, I got my, so the call came and I had to go and I got an apartment, you know, I didn't know where I was going, but there, you know, I, I showed up, got, you know, had my apartment and we started working on it and basically started right from the start, like helping to, you know, sculpt and mold make and pour up all the, you know, the deadite parts and help, you know, put together the puppets. And then when we actually got to go to the set then, and I got to go with and be one of the puppeteers on this, you know, for the deadites. Oh, cool! And then from there we went to the on or the um, intervision stage and did the stuff with the screen behind us, you know, with the puppets. And then we thought it was over with. And then we got recall, you know, called back in to do more reshoots. And <laughs> so it just went on and on and on. But I mean, I had an hand in pretty much all. I mean, all the makeup stuff. I mean, I I did want I. One of the deadites was I sculpted. Um, huh. What else? There's. I was a knight. All of us were knights in the movie. Oh, cool! Did you did you get screen we time? We had big beards, and we had we. They told Sam Raimi told us if we grew beards, we could all be knights. So we had these big shaggy beards, <laughs> and the day we cut them off, then he let us be knights. It was like it was like really, Sam. We had to sit out here in the desert with this beard. <laughs> so and. Yeah, and, see, and so the parts, though, with all of us got cut out of the movie. Oh, geez. I mean, every single part that any of the KMB guys were in really is is lost. <laughs> so the one scene I had was there was a, uh, I was a knight and evil, uh, a deadite impales me into a cart. <laughs> and I spit, and it, like the camera's right on us, and I spit blood in his face and start punching the deadite in the face. <laughs> and evil Sheila walks past and then the camera pans with her so that was my big scene but at the time they didn't want any blood in the movie so that scene got cut because <laughs> they didn't want actual blood i mean the, the geyser blood is fake and hokey so yeah. they can have that but yeah. they can't show right. real blood yeah so did they is so, it, did it make it in the special director's cut edition it didn't it oh. didn't what the hell, Ramey? So, <laughs> there's so much Army of Darkness footage that I have not seen. I mean, I was a sucker. Every time one of those would come out, I'd be like, yeah, it's going to be in this one, all that stuff we shot. We're, you know, it, it's still never seen. So, so you have all 83 versions of the uh, <laughs> Army of Darkness there, special there's three, of yep, there's, the three, there's the three different versions. So yeah. there's the, the one that they, you know, that's, that I don't like. The, yeah. Back at S, you know, S Mart, I didn't like that one. The Future Dead one, which I thought was the best, and then there was the Jurassic Park ending, where he takes too much, and then there's archaeologists and they find him in the skeleton in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's there, those are the three endings, but I mean, my one of my fondest memories of that is getting, uh, you know, I had to dress like the people that played the Deadites were. Very, very, very thin ladies. Who? Mm. What? Let's see. What are very thin ladies do? Well, they usually dance at strip clubs. <laughs> so I got to dress these ladies, you know, in these dry costumes day after day after day after day. So, you know, at first I was like, you know, this is cool. <laughs> My mom only knew, and then by the end I was just like, you know, put those away. I don't want to see them. <laughs> Here, just tuck that in there. Yeah, you're like, you're really skinny, except for these massive flotation devices on your front that are completely screwing up my makeup design, lady. So (laughs) can we deflate those? The armor was not made for this. (laughs) 
So, I mean, but yeah, that was, uh, here, here's the Greg Nick story on that one. It always goes back to Greg. <laughs> I got dared. I do these crazy things, and Greg liked to always dare me. And then I would do something, and, you know, ha-ha, Hank did it. So we're on the set, and we find this huge, huge moth in the desert. And we caught it, and we had, like, a little collection of bugs in the trailer. We had, like, these black widows and stuff like that and jars. I mean, just, you know, we'd catch weird things in the desert. And uh, so we caught this. I mean, it was like a bird. I mean, this I've never seen a moth that way big. I was looking. I was waiting to see, like, two little, you know, little girls walk out and sing to me. <laughs> so, but I, Greg said, hey, we got this moth we found for you. How about you eat it? I'm like, no. And he's like, eat it. Come on, eat it. I'm like, no. So then I could be wooed with always something like, oh, toys, because I'm a big toy collector. So he's like, how about this? I'll give you one of the rare Belagosi Billiken vinyl model kits in the box if you eat that. I'm like, well, okay. Now this is getting interesting. And then they're like, you know, and then everybody just started throwing stuff at, you know, well, I'll give you this toy and this. And I was like, okay, well, this is good. So I said, yes. Now the, the conditions were they had to videotape it. And I could pick a soda of my choice and wash it down with, but I had to eat it and show it in my mouth oh. and then laugh like Renfield and say, yum, yum, I love bugs. <laughs> okay, this is how effects guys amuse themselves when they're sitting, you know, when they have downtime. <laughs> so everybody's like, all right, you know, I'll go for it. And so I did it. And, well, if you think about it, Moss like that, there's a reason why probably predators aren't eating them. Because if they bite the wings, there's probably something on the wings that probably isn't supposed to be digested or makes them hallucinate. You see where this is going? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I freaking, like, was hallucinating. I was tripping out on eating this freaking moth. It's peyote like, moth. Seriously. I mean, it was it was bad. I mean, I was you know hearing door songs, and you know I did see the two little twins come out and sing to me. I was singing back the with them. It was up a, to you. Huh? And some the Indian, Indian did comes come up, up to around me. the fire. Yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> and that Indian was Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi. <laughs> no, but so I I got really sick from it and got a high oh. fever and everything. So. I thought this was all in the past. Everything's done. So they had this special big thing at Fangoria Convention in L.A. And, you know, oh, everybody's packing this huge auditorium. And we're going to show you scenes from Army of Darkness. Whoa! You know, everybody's going crazy. So they have this montage of different little clips. They ended it. Ended it with me eating the bug laughing like Renfield. <laughs> So the rest of the convention, anytime people come up to me, they're like, hey, it's the bug boy. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, that's, so that whole time I was, I mean, anybody that saw that, they're like, it's bug boy. Oh, God. So, oh. And it, like I said, it all goes back to Greg Nicotero again. <laughs> Damn you, Nicotero. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go outside later. I'm just gonna scream that into the sky. Yeah, I just imagine the crane, the boom above you, just slowly yep, pulling be away. Birds that fly away. And yeah, the rain the coming down. Then, yes. Yep. <laughs> no. So where Greg's gonna you know sit up and go? Huh, I thought I heard my name. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of shrugs it off, lays back down, goes to sleep. <laughs> Shrug it off and start eating Indian food again or some Del Taco. So <laughs> that is awesome, man. I dude. 
This has been fantastic. It has been just a hair over an hour. Uh, I feel like there's several other things I wanted to talk to you about. So well, here, how about this? I will be on the show anytime you would like. Awesome. Because I mean, there's tons of stuff I can talk about, and you—I mean, you just touched a little bit. I feel like got dirt, and I, I feel so, like I mean, this has been one big huh? cock tease, honestly. Because <laughs> well, see, that's what I want you. You give them you know, the first one's free. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, you're gonna be paying for the next one, right? They pay every time so, they but, listen to us, Hank. Come on, they they. But I mean, there's there's I mean, yeah, I, I've got dirt and, and stories about every single movie, like. You know, the really expensive ring and mind warp that got lost right away. Oh. That's a little story. Nice. Uh, Christy Swanson, now she's not very nice. Oh. Uh, Don't ruin the 14-year-old fantasy, man. God damn it. Uh, the first time I shook uh, the hand of uh, Pee Wee Herman. Um, just oh, did... My nose broke by, okay. by Oliver Reed. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. There, there's too much. We, we're having your back. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, there, it goes on and on. Drew Barrymore's little stints. Oh, oh, well, that's true. Oh, wait, yeah, you worked on a movie at sort of the peak of her bad girl stuff, didn't you? Well, this was her return that she was sober. Yeah, afterwards, so, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, this was her first big comeback that she was sober. Yes. I, I, I'm holding up my fingers and doing quotes. I was about that. to say, were there quote fingers involved? Because it felt like there, there was quote fingers. One of them was stinky, too. So, yeah. thinking back to that movie. Which what, what did you say? I said, and one of them was stinky. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I, I would love to have you on, Hank. Dude, I could. I, I would just like to, you know, talk to you about filmmaking. I mean, we didn't even get to really touch on your the sure, short film we didn't that you touch made. On, like, the, the filmmaking hell of it was uh, a psycho holocaust. That it was a, a film that we made in five days. Roger Corman five style. Five days, and it's a feature film, and it had multiple, multiple effects and no budget. So nice. that is a that's a real good story on oh, that cool. one. Awesome, anybody man. that says that you can't, you can. And <laughs> we did it, and I don't know how. I look back at it, and maybe it had something to do with eating the moth. But I don't oh know. yeah, well, that that'll repeat. <laughs> that, the the moth will repeat on you. So if, yep. uh... <laughs> and there's a and then also you can we didn't touch on Billy Club that's coming out soon. Oh cool, yeah. That, we... You can see the trailer on YouTube. It's Billy Club, the uh, movie, I think. Yeah, check it out and. Uh, um, definitely, uh, I will put. I if you have any uh, specific, I'll uh, email you uh, after this and get a couple sure. of different things. And if we... there's any, I mean, I'm not the type of person either, and that's a whole other story too. I'm not some makeup artists and that they're like, oh, we, you know, we're stuck in ourselves and we can't devote our secrets. I will help anybody. So I just that's helped awesome, somebody man. the other day that wanted to know how to make a fake pickaxe, and I I'm not real good at getting back to you right away. Yeah. So. So don't take yeah, it personally. I'm kind of computer illiterate, but once I do, I mean, I'll if you have any questions or anything. I mean, I'm very approachable. I can I'll answer any questions. I you know I'm not the type that's going to hold secrets. And you know I I was that I was that person once, and I got help, so I'm repaying it. Cool. No, <laughs> so, that's that's fantastic, man. Because I think that's a great attitude to have, and it and it makes everything you do, I think, have more universal value because it that whole giving back concept that you know you you have your art you have your craft and by sharing it with other people who are interested in it you know it just perpetuates it and you know keeps on paying it forward i think it's awesome 
That's right. I mean, I I would, you know, no one helped me, you know, really. I mean, once I met King B in that, but I mean, I, I would I would love to have had somebody that I could, you know, pick their brain when yeah. I was a kid. But, a mentor of some sort, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's where, I mean, you can definitely, uh, it's, uh, you can email me. It's autumn night studio or autumn underscore night underscore studios at yahoo.com. Okay. Or you can go, the website is autumnnightstudios.com, and I think there's a link on there you can reach me. And that website is kind of lame because we had a really cool one, and one of the guys that used to work with me decided to be a jerk and took it down and erased everything. So we had a quick throw up one. Just one of my friends was like, well, we need something. So he threw this, what you see up, but it's outdated and (laughs) really needs to be updated and cleaned up. Well, if if you, if you, if you, uh, Need need help with that? I can uh, let you pick my brain because I could I could tell you how to set up like a WordPress site and all that kind of crap. So no, because yeah, computers and me don't get along. Yeah, I, mean, I can turn them on, get to porn sites and eBay, and that's about it. <laughs> the staples of any man's diet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, hey, at least I'm honest. So. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to be back on. So if cool, your fans want to hear from me again or hear my stories, I mean, please. Let Absolutely. you guys know, and I'm always available, so just let me know. Awesome, man. We will for sure. So thank Fantastic. you yeah. much, uh, very much, Hank, and uh, we will have you on again. All right. It was a pleasure, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, man.